Before you continue listening to this podcast, here, described as a digital audio file made available on the internet for downloading to a computer or mobile device, typically available as a series, new installments, of which can be received by subscribers automatically, we will warn you that before you go any further, you will be disappointed. What? What? Caution. That's what Lemony Snicket says. I don't care what Lemony Snicket says. But all this is nefarious. All these plots. Don't go further. Yeah, don't go chasing waterfalls either, but that don't stop nobody. Welcome to Audio Shelf. A place where we take you on a fantastic journey through our audiobook adventures. I'm Brad. And I'm Brittany. And we are the voices in your head. If you're a fan of a series of unfortunate events, you may have recognized our opening as our own little spin and paying homage to the book. Today, we are reviewing The Bad Beginning by Lemony Snicket. Narrator is Tim Curry. Literally fireworks going off in my brain right now. Publisher is Harper Audio. Audiobook release date is November 10th, 2004 which I would have never guessed listening to this audiobook that it was released that early. Oh, yeah. The duration is two hours and 31 minutes, and the genre is humorous. Although, I mean, that's pretty dark. It's very gothic. Very gothic. Orphans. Siblings. <laughs> so, can you, uh, can you shed some more light on this with the yeah, summary? Definitely. And I... Would like to try this as reading as Tim Curry, but I can never be good enough no. as Tim Curry. No. So I'm just going to read it. Yeah. So this is taken from Amazon. Are you made faint-hearted by death? Does fire unnerve you? Is a villain something that might crop up in future nightmares of yours? Are you thrilled by nefarious plots? Is cold porridge upsetting to you? Yes. Yeah, that's gross. Vicious threats? Question mark. Hooks? Question mark. Uncomfortable clothing? It is likely that your answers will reveal a series of unfortunate events to be ill-suited for your personal use. A librarian, bookseller, or acquaintance should be able to suggest books more appropriate for your fragile temperament. But to the rarest of readers, we say, proceed but cautiously. For a series of unfortunate events. For this children's book. For this children's book. Woo! All right. So let's start off by talking about Tim Curry. Curry. Oh my gosh. He is, just to give you some background, Brittany and I are obsessed with Tim Curry. Mm-hmm. Everything Tim Curry's ever been in. Wild Thornberries, oh Clue, Rocky Horror Picture Show, obviously. Mm-hmm. Charlie's Angels. Yes. It. Oh God. Oh, oh my I always God. forget that he is it. Oh my gosh. Have you ever seen the episode of Tales from the Crypt with him in it? No, I haven't. Phenomenal. He plays, he, he orphan blacks it. What? Yes. He plays like four different characters, three or four God. different characters, a family. Mm. He's really good. Plus everything else that he does. And the fact that he does audiobooks. I mean, he lends his phenomenal voice and characterizations to so many different areas. It just makes me sad to think about him. All right, well, let's not take this dark. Sorry. (laughs) Anyway, but his performance in this series of unfortunate events 
was phenomenal. Exactly what you expect from Tim Curry. Mm -hmm. Professional, amazing. And the fact that he tries so effortlessly. Right? I mean, can it even be called trying? No. He just does. And, And I think when I first started this audiobook, I just really wanted to listen to the books because when I was a child, I listened to the first six and forgot about them until the Netflix series came out. And when the Netflix series came out, I was like, I want to reread all these books. And now that I'm doing audiobooks, it's going to go super fast. Yeah. And when I found out Tim Curry was doing these audiobooks, I was like, all right, I'm done. Get me to audiobooks. All of them. All of them. I want to digest them. Mm. Mm-hmm. And when I finished them, I said, Brittany, you have to listen to this series. Not because it's an amazing series, but... Because Dang, is t- that some shade? Yeah, it's some shade. Ooh. Palm trees flowing around. But no, it is all because of Tim Curry. And that's the only reason I wanted her to listen to it because I knew how much we loved Tim Curry. Yes. And I have to say that I was not disappointed with his voice. The story was also, for the first one, very well done. Mm-hmm. I thought it was an incredible story and very imaginative in what its meaning is with the, the Baudelaire orphans. Mm-hmm. I really, really liked their strength in their bond. Mm -hmm. And I also liked that each one of them had an individual mind Mm -hmm. that lent itself to helping them in different situations. I feel like the bad beginning really set up the series to be memorable. Yeah. They set up the series to kind of flow very nicely. And this is what to expect from the series. But we can talk about that in a little bit. Yes. Right now, I want to move on to the voices Mm -hmm. that Tim Curry does in the book, because I think they are unlike any other that I've ever heard. Mm -hmm. Yes, he's a true artist with this Mm -hmm. narration. Yeah. What was your favorite voice that he did? The one that stands out the most to me and continues to replay in my mind is Poe. Oh, my God. (laughs) Yeah, just the coughing. He... Oh, God, I don't know. Okay, first of all, like, mouth fluids make me want to vomit. Mm-hmm. I do not like spit. Mm. I don't like phlegm. I don't even like the sound or the word. So, with that in mind, Tim was able to put some sort of juices <laughs> into his coughing. Yeah, that was gross. Mr. Poe opened his mouth to say something but erupted into a brief fit of coughing. (coughs) I have made arrangements, he said finally, for you to be raised by a distant (coughs) relative of yours who lives on the other side of town. His name is (coughs) Count Olaf. It was nasty, but it was necessary. It was nasty and necessary. (laughs) It was Tim Curry. It was Tim Curry. It was, it wasn't a dry cough. It was perfect. You could, I could see him putting a handkerchief to his mouth to cough into every time he was doing Mr. Poe. Mm-hmm. And also um, Olaf's voice. I love, I just love all of them. Like there's never a voice that I did not like. And that, that's the best thing yeah. about this audiobook was he did not half butt this audiobook. Yeah. He had a voice for every single character. And he didn't need to. No. 
He did not need to have a dramatic voice for Sonny, who only no. made noises. He really did not, but he did. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, mean Sonny sounded like a little gremlin at times, and yeah. I was a little afraid I would have kicked her out the window, oh, probably. Yeah. But That is one thing about the audiobooks, is that throughout all 13, Sonny's language gets better. Oh. It doesn't get 100% better, but mm-hmm. Sonny also uses bigger words throughout the books. Mm-hmm. And I'm like... How you know what that word means? I don't even know what that word means. Well, her brother and sister are super smart. They are super smart. Which one was your favorite orphan? Mm, I really like Violet. Mine too. <laughs> I mean, I think that's just kind of a given yeah. almost. Mm-hmm. Um, Violet was the smart but sassy one. She was always thinking. She was always looking ahead. And Klaus was more sensitive. Mm-hmm. Which was a nice juxtaposition between the two because I felt that he definitely added a layer to the trio that needed to be there. Mm -hmm. But Violet was just the thinker and I really liked her a lot. Mm -hmm. I I love the gender swapping in this series. If you think about it, Olaf was in theater and he was a mastermind of evilness, but yet he was an, an actor. Mm-hmm. You don't ever hear that, like, actors are evil, you know? And also, if you think about theater, you think of that feminine kind of quality a little bit in putting on different roles and stuff. But he was awesome in that. He was still evil and just mean. Mm-hmm. Then there was Violet, who was, like, this STEM student, you know, science and engineering and technology. And she was the creator and, and inventor and stuff like that. Yeah. And then there's Klaus. He loved to read. And then there was Judge Strauss. Who, oh my gosh, I love Judge Strauss. I love her so much, and you're going to love her in Netflix, because guess who she's played by? John Cusack. Yeah. I know, I know. <laughs> but Judge Strauss, I loved her, but you expect her to be maternal, but really she's not. She's very naive about children, and even though she wants children, she's she doesn't know anything about them. Yeah. And I just love how this book kind of broke all those gender stereotypes of just different like men and women and children like girls versus boys in terms of education and smarts Mm -hmm. i just really like that yeah now in terms of the story itself i thought that with this beginning novel of the series that it was very well done so well done i really enjoyed getting to know the orphans Getting to understand the antics of Olaf, I still don't understand him completely as to, I mean, I know his why for doing this, Mm -hmm. but I still don't really get how he is necessarily related to the the orphans. Well, I think that's the idea of the orphans, all of a sudden they have this money and they have this person, a he works at a bank. I don't know why this bank person is like, you know, deciding on all these big uh, decisions for these orphans. But I think just everyone was popping up. That That's what happens with money. If you win money. Oh, yeah. Believe all these people me. I'm going to talk to and haven't, haven't talked to for 10 years going to be like, hey, remember oh. me? Remember me? You oh, know? I know. I know. So I think that's the I think the humorous part of it is how how is this guy ever going to in real life get this these kids money yeah and that's one of the interesting things that because i read the character list for the series um the netflix series Mm -hmm. and i saw the actors that were playing some of the caretakers and i was just like those are interesting people Mm -hmm. the netflix series really brings up the idea of what constitutes his family oh yeah definitely and you don't have to match in order to 
be related and to care for somebody Mm -hmm. and to love someone. And I think that's the most interesting part of who all of the other caretakers end up being. I didn't read the series Mm -hmm. and Brad has advised me not to complete the series. (laughs) So I went through and I read the Wikipedia Mm -hmm. for each book. Mm -hmm. I know it's not the same and I know it's like devil or whatever but my trusted ally is telling Mm -hmm. me not to listen to the series so i'm not going Mm -hmm. to sorry about it exactly so in this podcast episode that we're gonna give to you today we're covering the bad beginning as the main story but i'm also going to touch on other aspects of the other audiobooks that follow the bad because you have listened to all 13 Mm -hmm. and throughout our discussion on the performance and just different pacing and transitions or all those of Tim Curry. I'm also going to compare it to Daniel Handler, who is Lemony Snicket. He's the author you of all the books. him. Oh, sorry. <laughs> that was his secret. That's his secret. Um, but I'm going to compare Tim Curry's voice to his voice. He does, I think, three of the of the thirteen books, and it's nowhere near as good as Tim Curry's. And I think that's why they went back to Tim Curry doing it. <laughs> yeah, most likely. So what did you think of the story when you first read The Bad Beginning and then comparing it to the end? Mm -hmm. When I started The Bad Beginning, I was so excited because I was so invested in knowing who the orphans were. I was invested in finding Olaf's motive for doing what he's doing. I was really excited meeting all the different characters like Judge Strauss and Poe. And the way the story took me in The Bad Beginning was very exciting. Mm -hmm. I was on the edge of my seat wondering, oh God, what are these kids, how are these kids going to get out of this mess? And when I was finished, the bad beginning, I was, I jumped right into the reptile room, which Mm -hmm. is the second in the series. And yeah, that was good. And it was cute and all. It did not have the same effect on me as the bad beginning. And I felt like as I went on with all of the books, that was the same kind of message. It was yeah, now we're just telling a story because it's the next in the series and we have to. Mm-hmm. It was nev- There was never a punch in my gut to be like, oh, this is such a good. Except for when I got to the Ursatz Elevator, the sixth book in the series. I really enjoyed that one because they introduced my favorite character, Esme. Of course. She's my girl. And she plays Olaf's girlfriend in the series. And she's just downright evil. Which is why Brad loves her so much. <laughs> He loves all villains. I do. Tim Curry's voice for Esme. Have you listened to it? No. It's perfect. He's like, what's in is in. And what's out is out. Like, that was Esme's voice. Oh, my goodness. I was like, oh, my God. I love Tim Curry. And he was so feminine and very ladylike when he does female voices in his audiobooks, which is amazing. He really takes on the role and he takes it very serious. I loved it. Let's just talk about Daniel Handler's narration of the three books that he did. He did The Miserable Mill, The Austere Academy, and The Wide Window. So what did you think of his narration? He tried it. (laughs) Okay. He did try it. And I give him props for it. But he just did not, his voices irritated me. He was very scratchy. Oh, I hated his Olaf voice. So scratchy, very annoying. It was kind of like nails on a chalkboard. Oh. I'm not even kidding. Why did they switch narrators? I guess maybe to save money. I don't know. That's my guess. Because Tim Curry is probably expensive. I mean, yeah. 
you get what you pay for. Yeah, that that's very true. And he just had this horrible just voice for the characters and they all sounded the same. However, there was a couple spin on different ones, but I can't really remember distinctly who was different and who was not. Mm-hmm. With Tim Curry, I haven't listened to these audiobooks in a long time, but I can remember Esme's voice in my head. Yeah. I can remember... You can remember Poe. Poe. And I can remember Sonny's little moans and groans and... You know, yeah. like... I can remember those because of Tim Curry, but with Lemony Snicket doing the narration, I felt like he just kind of lacked in narrating. And I like think he that, just kind of phoned it in. Yeah. And it's interesting because he's the one that wrote these characters. And yeah. you would think that he had this distinct voice for them. Maybe it might have been different if he read the first ones in the series. Maybe I would have been like, okay, that's something I'm used to. But when they jumped in with him on book three and four and five, I was like, come on, bring me back Tim Curry. Right. And when I looked it up, I said, oh, my God, Tim Curry comes back on the sixth book. And that's when Esme comes in. I was like, oh, my God, he's back. Thank God. And so really, the comparison is can't be there because I think they realize that Daniel Handler's voices were nothing compared to Tim Curry's. Yeah. And we get a little taste from what I noticed at the end of the book, there's an interview with Lemony Snicket, quote unquote, but Lemony Snicket's not available. So Daniel Handler steps in mm-hmm. to be interviewed by the publisher. And I know they're not real interviews, but it sounds like he's really trying to make it seem legitimate. Mm-hmm. And he's trying to make it seem like this is what's happening and that his tomfoolery of actually being Lemony Snicket but pretending that he's not Lemony Snicket is being perceived in the correct way. When in reality, it just sounds fake and forced mm-hmm. in the interview. Mm-hmm. Do you remember it? Because what, this, what the series is, Daniel Handler is writing it I know it's a commentary. Yeah. I know it's like a letter or something like that. Lemony Snicket is, in it's himself, a character in the story. Mm Mm-hmm. Because he's related to Beatrice Snicket. Mm Mm-hmm. So uh, the interview, I'm trying to remember the interview. It's at the very end. It's after Tim Curry finishes up reading. I've known Mr. Snicket, I'm sad to say, for his entire literary career. I say sad to say because as soon as his literary career began... So did the accusations and pursuit that forces him to hire a representative to do things like interviews and such. It just doesn't sound genuine. Yeah. No. Hmm. And it's interesting because why would you have that narration in there when you're having Tim Curry do it? Because it's not actually like a narration. It's so this is a conversation between Lemony Snicket slash Daniel Handler and this guy. But it sounds like a fake interview. Yeah. It's not It's not actually a genuine conversation. This is the right place. Let me try knocking again. This is the right place. Let Mr. Snicket, try. are you there? Can Let you hear me? That's again. actually Daniel Handler. Is it? Speaking. Is it? Yeah. I thought it would be. The, that's what the sound... Yes. That's what the audiobook sounds there's like. No, there's no reason why a person standing solo in a hallway knocks once... Sits there for 0.3 seconds, is like, mm-hmm, this is the right place. Uh, let me try knocking. Like, you don't narrate your entire process mm-hmm. for knocking on a flipping door. You yeah. just do it. Yeah. He I'm definitely... like Shia LaBeouf right now. <laughs> he definitely tries way too hard. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's what it feels desperate. And that's what the first, there were the 
three of the books that he recorded, it sounds like. Mm -hmm. He's trying way too hard to put the point across. Just give the mic to Tim Curry. Yeah, so Tim Curry can drop it. Does he have those conversations at the end of every single book? I don't think I've heard that interview. Because I thought... Because there's some... uh, Some of the audiobooks end with, like, a small interview. Not like... I never heard a door-knocking one. Mm. Some of them are like... No, they're letters talking to Beatrice. Oh, okay. And he cuts in and he's like, to my readers, thank you for listening to this book. And he talks as he's a still character in the book. He's like, thank you for Harper Audio for recording this message because Lemony Snicket's still searching for... Beatrice. Beatrice. I'm like, wait. Oh, okay. And so I kind of cut it off at it because I'm like, I don't want to hear that. I mean, I had to stop that one because I got the feel for his voice and i don't know how you even got through the three that you did that were narrated by him because i cringed i just i couldn't get through five minutes of it mm-hmm. they were my least favorite in the series mm-hmm. that's unfortunate it's unfortunate you know even though the plot of a series of unfortunate events each book follows the same sort of template the Baudelaire's get placed with somebody, something happens, Olaf is there, oops, shenanigans ensue, and then, oh, the Baudelaire's are back with Mr. Poe again at the end of the novel, and Olaf is doing his Olaf thing. Mm-hmm. That's base. This is a basic formula of every single novel mm-hmm. up until, what, the sixth one or the seventh? No, up until uh, Vile Village. That's when the village raises the children, and that's it's still the same template. And then after Vile Village is the hospital one, and that's when chaos ensues, because that's mm-hmm. when the kids, and I feel like these books are old enough where you can give away some stuff, but that's where the kids go on, a, on the run themselves, and they, they become fugitives. Oh. Yeah, because... Rich fugitives. Exactly, right? Because they are framed for the murder of someone. Oh. And so that's when everyone's on the lookout for them to get them back. They completely lose all trust in poe because the kids realize they're like well he's not helping us he keeps putting us with people i mean well thank you children for taking however many books to realize that mr poe anytime you go to him and say hey olaf is dressed up as this creepy old lady right now Mm -hmm. (laughs) we think that that is olaf and you need to get us out of here before he causes harm and poe's like no (laughs) children you're children i mean did lemony snicket know of an organization called child protective services yeah right <laughs> why give a bank man these custody children. of these children's i don't get it because he's always trying to find a relative for them and yes i know that that's the parents wishes but then at the same time olaf keeps being a problem and he doesn't trust the children i would think after three Three books mm-hmm. with the kids and, and three opportunities to learn who these children are that the character of Poe would have learned. And I guess this is the thing with the book is that it's very much a story that focuses on the children's intelligence mm-hmm. and shows the unintelligence of the ones around around oh, yeah. them. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like the the idea of adults don't know anything. Yeah, which I hate that kind of mm-hmm. thing because, of course you're not going to run into adults every single day of your life that are just aloof and don't really know what they're doing. Mm-hmm. There's going to be those Justice Strausses, but even Justice Strauss, she was she was still a mm-hmm. major reason why the climax in the book happened. Mhm. I mean, she literally was performing the wedding. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
And she wouldn't not do the actual words. She wouldn't actually do the not legal ceremony. And she was curious as to why it all happened. Oh, God. <laughs> it just hurts. I think the best thing about this series, though, is... And one of the reasons why I told you not to com- complete the series, because it's frustrating as an adult yeah. listening to it. Because... I don't want to hear repetition over and over again. Yeah. I don't want to hear about how no adults are there to help these children when I'm an adult and I would love to help these children. You do help children. And I do help these children. So, like, it was just very frustrating for me to complete the series with the ending that it did. Yeah. But I can see why, as a child, Mm -hmm. this series would be able to be one that you read and you really enjoy because it does put kids in hero role yeah i wish i would have went back in time and listened to it as a child yeah so if you have children please let them listen to this but proceed with caution like lemony snicket says it does get repetitive and and it does not end on a happy Mm -hmm. note so please don't read this series when you're in the car driving on a long road trip yeah because you will probably get bored and irritated and your drive rage what is it called rage roading rage drive no what is it called road Road rage rage. (laughs) and your road rage would increase it will go through the roof so let's get back to the narration i don't think there's any more that i can add to the perfection of tim curry no honestly I, i wish he would narrate my life yes and give us some voices. I wish that we could interview him and have him say, like, thank you. I don't even want to get ahead of myself because I'm going to start crying. <laughs> what if he said? With these dreams. Thank you. I can't even do it. You can't. Like, nobody can do it, Tim Curry. You, I, like, I don't even know. I just want him to do Nigel Thornberry. No. Oh, like, my God. Please. <laughs> I would die. Can you please sing Sweet Transvestite to me? <laughs> <laughs> just for your dr- for your dreams. Overall, I think that this first book in the series was really, really well done. It was creepy. Got to the point. It made me go, ugh. Mm-hmm. Especially with the quote from Olaf that said, you may not be my wife, but you're still my daughter. Yeah, that was weird. What? <laughs> so I really felt that this series kicked it off strong. Even though I haven't completed the series or actually read the the words of the series. I know Brad has, and I have read just short little snippets of it, of the plot. I do think that it gets a little too repetitive for me, and I would not be able to continue it. Now, you mentioned a quote in the book. There was one quote that was read in throughout the series. I think it was uh, Klaus who said this, and he said, He doesn't feel like a villain. He just feels like someone who needs to escape. That was when the kids were on the run and they were like, are we the bad people here? Because they were plotting to kill Olaf. And the fact that these kids had that insight to be like, we don't really want to be the bad guy, but we have to be in order to get out of this mess. Mm -hmm. And I think that was the tone for all of the characters. Um, especially Olaf. He was stuck in his life and he felt like he had to do these bad things to get out of his situation. And I think talking about the end, the last book in the series, that is why the kids kind of have this new appreciation for Olaf. They Mm -hmm. knew that he did all these bad stuff for him, but they were like, 
he did it for a reason. Yeah. And I think they, they were able to forgive. Him. Yeah. And I think that was the whole idea of this book is, I guess, learning through other people's trials, trials and and mistakes and just different ways of life. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like now that you've kind of discovered that, that you have a new appreciation for the final, for what the kids do in the final book? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. I still get really peeved. And I don't know. You got, y'all can come at me, but I did not like the ending. I don't like how it's so ambiguous. You don't know if these kids that you've been following for 13, for 13 books, you don't know what happens they, to them. They literally just float away. They could join the volunteer fire department. Was that actually the legitimate term for the VFD? Yes. It was. No, wait. I read it was the volunteer fire department. It was so many. And that's, to be honest, I got lost. So it was just, I don't know. It's just so confusing and convoluted. And I just wish every book was like the bad beginning. Yeah. I just wish that there was maybe five books. It just got completely out of hand. Yeah. And the ending was just horrible, and I hated it, and I went to punch it in its face. I mean, no wonder he warns people, like, to proceed with caution, because you're not going to like this book. Yeah. And maybe he knew that. I mean, maybe he knew that it was going to be well-received in one respect, but then very not well-received in another. He definitely, those words definitely give you a sense of expectation, and for me, that's why I tell you, don't read the last ones because they weren't worth it. As yeah. an adult, not worth it. Yeah. I just I'll, read the Wikipedia page and it was good yeah. enough for me. I'll just watch the Netflix show. Yeah. So would you shelf or shove this series? I would shelf this first book. Mm-hmm. I definitely think that it is a good book to have. And I think I might, even though I will not read them, I think I'll shelf the entire series in order for my niece or nephew Mm -hmm. or any you know future way off in the far far land distance in a planet and space galaxy far far away Mm -hmm. children that sean and i have (laughs) (laughs) uh yeah so i would i would agree i would shelf this and the main reason being tim curry Mm -hmm. yes that's the only reason I would shelf this. Yeah. Because I want my children and my children's ch- children and my children's 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 children's. Mm, getting, <laughs> getting generational up in here. I can't even say children back to back. Uh, but I would love them to hear Tim Curry and the master yes. that he is. Yeah. There's so many people that we need to make sure our children appreciate. Oh, my God. There's some Ben Midler. Lucille Ball. Tim Curry. Dick Van Dyke. <sighs> there's, so a, many. there's many. There's a great many. All right. Well, I think that about does it for our coverage of The Bad Beginning. And the rest of the series of Unfortunate Events. Yes. Please follow along on Twitter at AudioshelfMe and like us on Facebook to stay up to date on all the new books that we're listening to. And please subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Music, and Stitcher. And if you want two free books... All you have to do is click the Audible affiliate link on our website and sign up for the 30-day trial. Free. Free. All right. That that about covers. That about covers it. Please turn this podcast off. Don't go back. But then also do listen to our bloopers because we're pretty funny. Oh, yeah. Please. The bloopers are nefarious. That's, I like yes. that word. And then I can tell. <laughs> and then and then you can turn the podcast off because it'll be over. 
Yeah, there and you go. You can go be nefarious elsewhere. <laughs> it is a good word. It is. Bye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> What's in is in. What's out is What's out. What's out is out. Yeah, I'm Esme. I love Tim. Me too. This has been Audio Shelf, where we release new episodes every Monday. If you want to stay updated, listen to previous episodes, or suggest audiobooks for us to feature, visit us at audioshelf.me. We are Brad and Brittany. Thank you for listening. Don't tell them to turn it off! Breathing really heavy today. I know, it's my weight. It doesn't zoom. <laughs> well, I, <I'm laughs> I know, old. I tried. Okay, um. You're making me feel so self conscious about my class. I'm so sorry. Let, let's want to practice together? No, I don't need your <laughs> instructions. Just know that every single time it's going to be a problem. <laughs> Porridge in general is disgusting. <laughs> I ain't no bear in Goylock. <laughs> uh, my goodness. Hello, Rocky Horror Picture Show. You already said Rocky Horror Picture Show. Did you? I just did. Oh my God, I'm sorry. God, I think, you, I think you're getting Alzheimer's. Well, half but this audiobook. Yeah. Like now he, you decide to censor yourself. Well, half is okay. <laughs> but they, and they, oh my God, my stomach keeps making freaking weird noises. What is that noise? Mm-hmm. Real interviews. Mm-hmm. Hold on, my stomach keeps making. I have a point. Well, would you? 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 Oh, I already, you already answered that. Ersatz. Earls. Er. Ersatz. 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 Okay. But overall, I. Oh my god, my stomach keeps making whale sounds. Basically. Yeah. It's Dory trying to talk to a whale. Um. <laughs> Please subscribe to us on iTunes, Google, and Stitcher. Just drop them out. <laughs> I give zeros. I'm still searching for Beatrice, and she want you know I want her. She's or Beatrice died or something like that. And I'm like, wait. And he's like, thank you my, for Schuster and Audio, whatever, whoever produced it. Confusing her. now. That was smashing!